Hello and welcome to episode three of Behind the Source podcast. I'm Mike Street, lead developer and CTO at Liquid Light. Each episode, we invite someone to come and talk about a topic, project, tool or process. We try not to get too techie, trying to cover the topic for people who don't know much about it and are looking to find out more. All the previous interviews and podcasts, along with the mailing list sign up, are on the website at behindthesource.co.uk. Today, I'm joined by Tomas. Tomas, do you want to just give a little overview of who you are, what you do, any side projects, and just sort of a little bit of background of why you're here? Awesome. I'm very happy to be here. So my name is Tomas Fakome, as you could probably guess from my terrible accent. Not from the US, I'm from Poznan in Poland, born at Rice, actually. So currently, I'm a, a technical team lead over at Steady. So Steady is a fully distributed startup, very much into serverless space, and we make API for optimizing business integrations. On top of that, I am also a co-founder at Cloudash. Cloudash is a AWS desktop client for serverless and cloud engineers. So basically, if you are tired of AWS console, you might find it useful. And I also have a surprisingly large amount of content online. So I've been teaching web development on ahead.io for the last couple of years, and I have close to uh, 200 small lessons published. So it's like between three to five minutes at most. I think my longest lesson is around six minutes long because this is the extent of my attention span. So I don't record anything longer that I wouldn't watch myself. And I also do a little bit of blogging and I have habit of posting about jQuery on Twitter. And I suppose this is the the topic of the show. Yeah. So before we get on to jQuery, the lessons that you've put online, what kind of, what are they about? Are they just sort of fundamentals of web development or are they a little bit more advanced? Well, all of it, I suppose. So I have stuff on, on React. I have some stuff on CSS. I did my fair share of publishing lessons about AWS Cloud. So kind of my my story was that I started my career as a front-end developer roughly, you know, 10 years ago. Before I even became a front-end developer, I used to do C++ at work, which was miserable. And this, that's why I've decided <laughs> to switch to, to front-end. But, you know, for the last couple of years, I've been digging more, more, more and more into cloud development stuff. And kind of the idea behind the vast majority of my content was I had to struggle to understand some of those, you know, ideas and frameworks and, you know, basically the entire of cloud computing because, well, it's it's not trivial. So I wanted to create and record content that would appeal to me when I was learning about this stuff. So the, the core audience for, for instance, some of my egghead courses is actually myself a couple of years back. That's the best. It's the best kind of audience if you can remember what you didn't know that it, that's always the tricky bit isn't it is that so before we get into the main topic which as you mentioned is jquery i like to ask all our guests what are you learning at the moment what are you looking forward to getting your sort of teeth stuck into what's what's new for you at the moment so i recently switched roles over here at study so i i was hired as a front-end engineer but recently i took over a technical team team leader role so I suppose you could say that I learned to focus, to take a step back, to take a higher kind of bird's eye view on some of the things that we are building. So I'm not going to say that I've switched from VS Code to Google Docs and Gmail because we are not <laughs> very email heavy. But I guess what I'm thinking is what I'm trying to learn is to 
how do I do my best in order to make my team more productive and uh, so that we can ship awesome stuff? So yeah. it's, it's a different different kind of challenge. This is definitely not something that you would have to do in your first year as a as a software developer, but being able to, as you probably know, yourself also take a step back and have a greater understanding of what we're building, what are the blockers, how do we get there, which teams do we need to talk to, and so on, which is especially challenging because we are a fully distributed company. So to the best of my knowledge, most of my colleagues do not have legs because I've never seen those. Like it's always <laughs> museum, you know, with the faces and the arms and well, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that, that switch from being a developer to a manager is certainly more challenging than you sort of expect it to be. Um, and the biggest, the biggest thing I found was, although it's quicker sometimes for you to do it, it's not the most efficient way you have to sort of let go of things and let other, you know, teach okay. other people to do those things that, so it can free up your time. And it's, yeah, it's all about the sort of long-term game. Luckily, I have, I am very privileged to work with the smartest people I've ever known. So it's, it's, it's a different kind of, kind of challenge, mostly in terms of how do we get the right things done, luckily. But I do emphasize with this, this idea that, well, sometimes I would like to get a little more into coding. You know, I have mm. those features that I would like to ship, but hey, you know, there are some documents that we need to write. There are some things that we have to think about. There are some, you know, stuff that we need to plan and, and, and so on. So it is definitely like a different kind of challenge. People often yeah. think about, you know, going to our leadership role, like a team lead or tech lead or whatever, as a promotion. And I don't see it as a promotion. It's a different kind of role. You are essentially a beginner all again. Yeah, it's, you're, just, you're just swimming in a different pond, aren't you, really? It's a okay. different sized fish in a different pond, <laughs> thinking about different things. So this this episode, we're talking about jQuery, which might make some of you sort of take a, a, a sharp breath in. So for those that don't know, Tomasz, what is jQuery? Ah, so jQuery is, is a different, interesting uh, subject to talk about in the year of 2022, because if we were to record this podcast like 10 years ago, it would be the lingua franca of front-end engineering, right? Because basically jQuery is a DOM manipulation library, which is fairly old for, you know, more than web development standard. Because if you have been doing web development for more than two weeks, you've noticed that things tend to change all the time. <laughs> so jQuery, the first edition was 15 years ago. Wow. So it was born because at the time, and this is, still true today, browsers did not exactly agree with one another. So for instance, manipulating DOM elements was a challenge, mostly because you have to think about, okay, in Firefox, I do it like this. In IE8, I have to do it like this. In Chrome, I have to do it like this, and so on and so forth. And that was incredibly painful at the time. So jQuery was born kind of to, to solve this problem. And it also came with an entire ecosystem of being able to send AJAX requests and to basically, you know, to, to work with, with backend to mm -hmm. implement animations. At the time, there was also jQuery UI, which basically was a collection of, you know, ready-to-be-used components. And there was a huge ecosystem of plugins. And I tend to use was and were when I talk about jQuery because this is not something that people usually grab when they start a new project, but I still argue that some of those ideas and the library itself is still important and relevant in the year of 2022. 
You mentioned DOM manipulation. What is DOM manipulation? Imagine, you know, you have a website, you have elements on the page and the easiest kind of scenario is that you want to hover over an element and I know you would like to change its color or its size. So suppose you have mm-hmm. a button, you hover over a button, you would like to make it slightly larger and change the background. So nowadays this is way easier than it used to be because, well, you have, for instance, query selector uh, and stuff like that, which are built in into the browser. And there's just like a very, very common standard. Whereas back in those, day, those days, you know, every the browser had a, kind of like a different way of interacting with with elements on the page. So what usually tend to happen is that, for instance, when I was working a couple of years back for for a bank, so they had special requirements that they had to support modern browsers and also IE8 at the time. Cool. So I think today I was working on two apps at the same time, yeah. mostly because IE8 <laughs> was not compatible with, 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 with anything really at the time. And so the modern query selector JavaScript function, that was inspired by jQuery, wasn't it? Absolutely. So there's a, there, there was this trend for the last couple of years that I've been, you know, tongue-in-cheek kind of arguing that, you know, just <laughs> build jQuery into the browser because it's it's incredibly, incredibly popular. If you look it up, it's actually used by the majority of websites online. Yeah. And it's not, sometimes it's even by accident to before I go back to your question, it's used by accident because WordPress is incredibly popular on the web and every single WordPress website uses jQuery under the hood. So probably, you know, all those websites, they may not be aware even that they're using jQuery under the hood, but it's, it's incredibly popular. And like I said, I was arguing sometimes seriously, sometimes, well, not so seriously, but, you know, just build, build this into the browser. Everybody yeah. will have their own version. It's going to be always cached because imagine how much processing power we've spent with, you know, mankind downloading jQuery from a CDN. It's, it's probably, you know, terabytes per, per day. I yeah. don't have the exact numbers. So whoever listens to this may, you know, prove me wrong, but I'm <laughs> fairly sure this, it's the number is absolutely massive. And jQuery yeah. did inspire quite a lot of APIs in the web. So the, the web manipulation API. Secondly, also jQuery introduced something which at the time was called deferred, which later became promised, a uh, promises right. in, in JavaScript. So the design was not copied and pasted from jQuery, but it was inspired by it. And it's still this API shape of jQuery, this still kind of influences some of the products that we have and use today. So for instance, Cypress, my favorite end-to-end product library. Mm-hmm. It uses jQuery under the hood. So basically, when you when you, when you are writing into end tests and you think, "Hey, Cypress is kind of cool," well, it's mostly because they have an excellent API under the hood, and that is jQuery. Yeah, jQuery has been a great proof of concept for for browsers, isn't it? So it's sort of been seeing how people have used it for the last fifteen years. Yeah. So, is there a reason in twenty twenty two that you would start a project with jQuery? As usual with tech, it depends. Um, <laughs> there's the, it's like every single somebody asks me if I should do XYZ for a project, always the answer is depends. If it's yeah. not, then somebody's lying to you. I would say that, first of all, if you want to build something that is not going to get incredibly complex, if you don't need like huge state management, if you just want to add some 
extra functionality to your site and you happen to find this jQuery plugin, because like I said, there was this huge ecosystem of jQuery plugins, but it's not hugely popular nowadays, but this code is still out there. So if you go on GitHub and find like a jQuery plugin that solves your particular problem for your customers and you want to build that or whatever, well, you might consider this. Whereas, you know, if I was starting a new project at work or like a startup, I would probably not drag jQuery. This is like mm-hmm. not my go-to go-to solution because even though I am very active <laughs> on Twitter <laughs> talking about jQuery, I don't actually use this at work. But I think that there's also another side of it. Developers tend to think about technologies in terms of would I choose this technology to start a project? But vast majority of developers, they are not working on a greenfield project. So if you, you, if you, you know, start your career as a web developer and you join a large established company, you realize they have seven layers of legacy. <laughs> and third one is jQuery because they're actually using something even older under the hood and yeah. something even older under that. And you were asked, okay, you should contribute to that and help us fix some of those legacy issues. Because the, the way I think about legacy code is that this is the code that actually pays my bills. So it's kind of important in <laughs> that, especially in large organizations. And I, I've been there. So do you think that jQuery has run its course? Do you think it's, it's, if there's the opportunity to get rid of jQuery, you should? Or does it still have a place? I mean, obviously, I know you said if, you're, mm-hmm. if your website isn't complex and stuff, but if you have the skills and the time and the knowledge... Should you be looking to replace it with native JavaScript or is there still holes that jQuery fixes that there aren't alternatives for? You could rip out jQuery from your site. And actually, I read an article recently that the UK government website, they actually ripped jQuery from their site. And because of their traffic, they were, you know, there were some impressive numbers out Hmm. there. And, you know, the jQuery wastes... I think like 70 kilobytes or so. So this is not a like a zero number. So if you are very much latency focused, you might, you know, consider every every single time you ship less code, well, you ship less code and users mm-hmm. have to download less of it. It's maybe faster because, well, there's less code to parse and, and, and so on. But to go back to your question, again, it depends on your, what are your goals. Is... Yeah. If you have a working production site and you wouldn't get main, like many benefits of pulling out jQuery and you will spend half a year of doing that, it may or may not be useful to you. If you yeah. know that in the long run, you would have to maintain that and you will have trouble, for instance, hiring people to actually work on that. Well, it, it's, it's something that you definitely should consider because... You don't want your site to become like this old financial systems from Wall Street that are written in COBOL. And basically nobody knows how to maintain those anymore <laughs> because they are so old. Frontend has a different kind of relation to legacy code than some of the backend systems that I've seen. Because backend in large organizations, usually it gets turned to treat it like, hey, if it works, it's all good. Whereas frontend development, like in general, tends to evolve much more quickly. So as usual, it depends. <laughs> so I, a lot of, a lot of our websites actually use uh, jQuery at, at my work. So I actually use it still quite a lot. And every now and then I sort of go through, you know, a sort of a little 
Google and stuff to find if there's any alternatives, there's anything that has sort of a similar API, but it's smaller because there are things like Zet toes and i think there was one called sizzle so sizzle is the the query engine that is built into jquery so if you only right. need the manipulation stuff you can grab it without all of yep. the extra baggage yeah yeah so there are sort of certainly a few alternatives some of them use the same like apis and syntax that it, in theory if you don't need any of the sort of more complex jquery stuff like ajax and stuff like mm-hmm. that then you can just sort of swap it in and out to save some bytes without having to rewrite all your legacy code. But the thing I found when I was sort of Googling for jQuery alternatives is React and Vue mm-hmm. come up a lot as viable jQuery alternatives. And it sounds like my kind of web development history is similar to you. I've been sort of being a front, I started off as a front end developer. I've been doing it for sort of 10, 12 years. So I was very much jQuery from the start, you know, I had the classic site point jQuery ninja book. <laughs> I, I sat and read that on the oh, bus yes. on the way to work. With them. And I just can't see how you could ever replace jQuery with React unless your whole site was built with like jQuery using it for templating and stuff. Because mm-hmm. for me, jQuery is like you've got a dynamic website that's from a CMS like WordPress or something like that. And then you can sort of drop a jQuery in there and sort of add some animations or as you said, some mm-hmm. do- DOM manipulations, some slides, some Ajax and stuff. Whereas I don't, maybe it's my naivety with React, but I don't think you could ever just drop React in and then be like, oh, animate this, animate that. And if you did, is React, I mean, I don't have the size in front of me. I can, I can have a look in a second, but in terms of file sizes, I can imagine React's bigger as well than jQuery. I think that React is roughly the same in terms in terms of 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 size. Well, of course, you know React is it, it solves different set of problems. I suppose I I would argue that whoever thinks that hey we should just replace jQuery for React, they are they really want to get rid of jQuery in their site. Like this is not <laughs> a German replacement. No. <laughs> I actually have been involved in a project where we migrated from Backbone. Backbone is a, for kind of younger, <laughs> I suppose, <laughs> listeners out there, it is a, a framework which was based on top of jQuery and introduces like mov- model view controller paradigm to the web and so on. And I was involved in a project that was migrating that to React. And it takes months on a reasonably sized project to migrate it from one framework to another. And that is why I said that it might be useful for you to do that when you're thinking in, in, in the long run. But the worst case scenario, and I've also seen that, is you start migrating from framework A, doesn't matter if it's jQuery or whatever, to framework B, and you are left in between because the priorities change. And having to maintain a code base where you have half of stuff, you know, in jQuery, half of that is, is in React. Some of the parts are in Vue because we've hired this one developer and they already wanted to try Vue. It's not exactly pleasant. <laughs> and, w- and one more thing that kind of I miss from jQuery days, I, I suppose, is that maybe jQuery is large in terms of file size. Maybe it is. But you install a single library and you have Ajax, you have animations, mm. and you have some manipulations and so on. So there's one decision to be made. Are we using jQuery? Yes or no? Whereas with React, React is a, it's a library for 
for views. It doesn't have very strong opinions on styling. It doesn't have very strong opinions on animation. It doesn't have a very strong opinions on like state management and so on. I'm not saying that jQuery has opinions on all of those stuff, but for instance, I have this opinion that animations were much more visible and much more prevalent on the web when jQuery was the king of the new websites, when you have, you know, scroll up, scroll down, all those kinds of events. And don't get me started on Flash. I, uh, I still miss Flash. Still miss Flash. Yeah. I was just, I was just having a look. And jQuery is 18% smaller than React. And that's obviously without all the sort of extensions and the plugins and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So you see. Yes, you're saving it, but when we're talk- when we're saying eighteen percent, it's something mm-hmm. like it's the difference between ninety five and seventy five kilobytes. Like it's not, yeah, it's sort of you're saving a few k, and it still it depends on what you optimize, right? Because you, yeah. you every single project has different business needs. If it's mm-hmm. your, it's your project so latency focused that you have to have you know your, your site loaded in under ten milliseconds. Well, maybe then your preferred framework of choice may not be the exact the bottleneck because maybe you need to use some edge computing stuff to push your stuff closer to the edge and so on. I guess what I'm trying to say is that the, the file size of a given framework is one of a zillion different factors that you have to consider when yeah, building sure. stuff on the web. Yeah, because it might be that you can load React. If you're using React, you load React, but you then need less other assets or mm-hmm. your your actual general document size can be a bit smaller or stuff like that so it does it, it's certainly a lot to consider it's not just a, a like for like swap it and it's possible to, to write slow terrible op- terribly optimized <laughs> code in any framework and if you don't believe me i can show you <laughs> i'll pull up a project i wrote about five years ago and i'm sure it'll be something in there if you go on like builtwith.com or something like that i think the last time i looked over 80 percent of the websites in the yeah. world have got jquery or something but if you're on twitter in the front end development sphere you'd get the impression that everyone hates jquery everyone's using react yeah. but why does it have this like because it's obviously got a need in business in big businesses and corporate worlds and stuff mm-hmm. but where is this mentality come from that jquery's the devil and should be avoided and why why has it got such bad press so quoting wikipedia jquery is a <laughs> javascript library designed to simplify html dom tree traversal and manipulation as well as even handling css animation and ajax and what happened in, in some of the larger projects that you start using jQuery, your app explodes in complexity because it always happens. You know, all, every single project gets larger and larger and larger. And you realize that, oh crap, jQuery doesn't have strong opinions on, for instance, state management. So for instance, having to track of, you know, is this customer logged in? If they're logged in, okay, we have, need to change the, the header color to this. I they click on this button. So this stuff in the other side of the code base, it needs to change, it needs to, it needs to be updated and so on. And it becomes a spaghetti code. So spaghetti code basically is this idea that it's like tangled, like spaghetti. So it's very difficult to find out what affects what. So to give you a concrete example, when I was working for, for this project, when we are migrating from, you know, jQuery to some of the other stuff, we've had two different event buses. So the idea was that you can send an event to an event bus, basically like an at event listener, and the other part of the app could react to it. And we had two of those that were conflicting, you know, both of them were legacy, it was very hard to maintain. So of course what we did, 
we added a third one. So it was an absolute mess <laughs> to, to maintain. And that is part of the reason why I quit after not a very long time, I mm -hmm. suppose, because it, it was not fun to maintain. And secondly, I, I did mention that legacy is often found in legacy projects. And the web development community, you know, especially like nobody is very excited about maintaining legacy stuff. Developers who get told that, yes, we actually need people to maintain our legacy stuff because, well, we need to get paid and this is what pays our bills. They say no. Yeah. It's just not new and exciting anymore as well, that, which, which doesn't help. I've just, while you were talking there, I've just pour, pulled up the built with and this, it, it, if I'm reading the numbers right, there's 80 million websites with jQuery on them <laughs> and 10 million with React. jQuery is still very much alive. I think we're currently on version 3. something, aren't we? Yeah, the, the last release was last year ago. So in the March of 2021. So it is still, it's still being developed. And I think there was some, some chat of version 4 coming at some point with some big changes. And it just, I mean, jQuery... The people working on jQuery strike me as the kind of people that want to get rid of it themselves in a kind of weird way because every release has less and less stuff in it because browsers mm -hmm. support more. So it's not like it's something that's been developed and then it's just sitting there big, old and clunky. It does does get optimized and it does get cut down. So hopefully there'll be a point there we can just delete jQuery and everything just works with a few small changes. So that it, yeah, certainly feels like the mission they're striving towards. Have you got any other comments that you want to say about jQuery before we wrap this up? So to kind of sum it up from my own perspective, I've been using React for basically everything for the last six years. React pays my bills and, you know, <laughs> I'm a very happy user of it. I, I do have some concerns with React. There are some things that, you know, could be improved. Some things are, are difficult, but the, the idea framework is the one that you write yourself. And I don't have the patience to do that. So. <laughs> and uh, by the way, I don't do this. Don't re reinvent the wheel until, until you really have to. So I think that, you know, we should be extremely gr grateful to everyone who ever worked on jQuery because it was and still is the so-called backbone on the, of the entire web development infrastructure. And secondly, I do strongly, I, I have this very strong opinion that jQuery was one of the best things to ever happen to the web because of the fact that it did simplify and solve these problems of like cross-browser issues with like DOM manipulations and Ajax was way simpler with jQuery as opposed to, to this XHR request, which are built in into JavaScript and nobody remembers the, the, the syntax. So if it wasn't for jQuery, I feel like the, the speed of how the web development evolved would be significantly slower. And the the fact alone that the jQuery design did influence the choices that were later built in into the browser, this is an excellent thing. And I do agree with you that, you know, at some point the jQuery team might basically stop contributing to the project because the the issues that were that the jQuery was designed to solve, they are going to be solved in the browsers themselves, which is a good thing and which is an excellent mm. thing for every single web developer out there. So still, you know, cutting edge, I am very much interested in new, brand new technologies, but I do sometimes wish we could go back to the simple times where I could just install a single library, copy a single <laughs> thing into HTML. Remember that? HTML? I could yeah. copy a script tag 
and send a network request and add an animation to the button without having a PhD in modern front-end development. Yeah, there's a couple of things there. Before the Fetch API came around in the browser, I tried to make it a mission. To, I was like, let's get rid of jQuery. Oh, I need to do an Ajax request. And yeah, it's not it's not easy. Or it wasn't before Fetch came along. And secondly, I wanted to build a web application with one of the modern frameworks. And coming from jQuery, React was such a big like hurdle that I just couldn't get over at the time because yeah. you couldn't just drop in a script tag and write some HTML, whereas with Vue, you actually could. And like, yes, you can, and it's better if you do an NPM install with Vue, but I hadn't, before I got to that point, I hadn't really NPM installed anything. You know, I was very much right. a shove a script tag in the bottom of the, the page kind of thing. So there is certainly like a big, I don't know whether React have since released something that you can just put as a script tag in your footer, but certainly at the time, Vue, you could just, yeah, include something, whereas React, you couldn't. There is still something that jQuery does that I've yet to find anything else mm -hmm. that fills that hole of just like, oh, I really need to do an Ajax request and I really need to have some animated tabs and some toggle boxes and all of this. Let's just shove in jQuery and there's sort of, there's nothing really that fills that hole at the moment that I know of. I mean, it might be that someone gets in touch yeah. and tells me that I'm wrong. Right. So if that's all, thank you very much for your time. Where and how can people get in touch or find you if they want to disagree with what you've said or if they want to <laughs> sort of <laughs> pat you on the back or, or similar? The best place to find me if you either agree or disagree with me is on twitter.com. <laughs> so my... My handle is Telakome, so it's T-L-A-K-O-M-Y. I'm assuming this is going to be in the show notes to this as well. It is possible to find my email online. Don't email me. I am terrible at email. <laughs> and as I mentioned at the very beginning, I'm a co-founder of Caldash. So if you happen to be annoyed with the AWS console and you wish it would be, you know, much more, much easier to use, check out, check us out at cloudash.dev. Wonderful. AWS still scares me. I still log in and just get confused by the hundreds and hundreds of options of things when you just need a web server, you know? It's just, sure, yeah. So I am at Mike Streety on all social networks, and you can find the podcast at Behind Source on Twitter, or as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, at www.behindthesource.co.uk. There is a mailing list. If you want to get in touch with any comments, criticisms, feedback, or you want to feature on the podcast, or you want to suggest someone to feature on the podcast, then drop me an email at hello at behindthesource.co.uk. Tomash, thank you very much for your time. It was great to talk to you about jQuery, reminisce in the old web dev days before things got complicated. <laughs> thank you for having me. No problem at all. Back, back, back.